The Ohio State Buckeyes' 2023 football season was a failure by their own standards. Ohio State football, year in, year out, expects themselves to beat Michigan, their most hated rival, to win the Big Ten, the conference they resided, and to compete for national championships as they are a blue blood. Ohio State has only done one of those three things in the past three seasons once, and that was in 2022 when they backed their way in the college football playoff, despite losing to Michigan and therefore not winning the Big Ten. Ohio State has not won the Big Ten since 2020, and they have not beaten Michigan since 2019, and they have not competed for a national championship in terms of a playoff appearance since last season, and they have not competed for a national championship in terms of playing in the national championship game since 2020. But just because you have disappointed in one way or several ways doesn't mean that you have to roll over or lay down and die. And I think that's why the Cotton Bowl is critical. It's an important game. And I think that to a certain degree, Ohio State football as a current program and Ryan Day as a head coach, their reputation and the team's reputation, the program's reputation, partially rests on this game. This is, after all, a top 10 matchup against a Missouri team that, whether it's recruiting through high school, through the portal, whether it's their roster development with Brady Cook, Cody Schrader, and Luther Burden, they are a team on the rise. And for Missouri, this is effectively their Super Bowl. This is another crack for Missouri to beat a Blue Blood team, to beat a national champion contender, and to beat a team with infinitely more talent and prestige than they have. They had an opportunity like that earlier this season against Georgia, where they came close but fell short. And for Ohio State, I think they're going to get Georgia's best. And a win here gives Ohio State momentum entering 2024. But a loss not only gives Missouri more confidence, but more importantly for the focus of this video, it really adds more questions to Ohio State and gives a lot of doubt, I think, about the program. Welcome back, fellow football fanatics. It's your host, College Football with Sam. Before we resume this video, please like this video and also hit the subscribe button and click the notification bell if you haven't already. That way you can get notified when I post more videos about Ohio State football, Michigan football, Penn State football, Big Ten football in general, and also more videos where I talk about the college football playoff, the New Year's Six Bowl slate, which will soon entirely become the college football playoff starting next season. But we're still in 2023, and the Cotton Bowl, as I said in my preview and prediction video, kicks off the New Year's Six Bowl slate for the 2023 season. The Cotton Bowl will kick off this Friday, the 29th, at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And Ohio State and Missouri, they're ranked closely. Missouri is ninth, Ohio State is seventh. And Missouri is 10-2, and two, and Ohio State is 11-1. and one. On, the, on the very slim surface, these two teams look incredibly similar. Missouri only has one extra loss, and they're only ranked two spots behind Ohio State. 
And hey, based off the reputation of the SEC, they play in the tougher conference. So maybe that extra loss is only because they play in the historically tougher conference. And I also think the SEC top to bottom is indeed deeper than the Big Ten this season. Though I think the Big Ten's best three teams on average are better than the SEC's best three teams right now. But I could be wrong on that. We'll have to see how the New Year's Six Bowl shake out as Ohio State, Penn State, and also Michigan in the college football playoff will be playing SEC teams. So there's a lot of Big Ten on SEC action going on this season, which is just awesome. But I will tell you, Ohio State, in terms of team talent, is only behind Georgia and Alabama in terms of recruiting, in terms of team talent when you look at rosters based off of recruiting rankings. 24-7 Sports has this beautiful tool. It's called the Team Talent Index, or Team Talent Composite, rather. Nearly mixed that up. And for the 2023 season, Ohio State's third in the Team Talent Composite. Their average ranking per player is a 93.32, which is a middle-of-the-road four-star. It's a very impressive average rank per player. Michigan, for context, their average rank per player is a 90.51. And for Missouri, they're 25th. Their average ranking is an 88.02 per player. That's a pretty big distance in terms of talent gap. Ohio State, their average player is a middle-of-the-road four-star, and Missouri's average player is a highly-rated three-star who could round up potentially to a lower-rated four-star. That's the average player. And then Ohio State has unicorns like Marvin Harrison Jr., or players that were given unicorn potential out of high school, which is essentially what a five-star is, in Emeka Igbuka, or Julian Fleming before he entered the transfer portal. Definitely Travion Henderson and Sony Styles. They have NFL players like Denzel Burke, Tommy Eichenberg, Cade Stover at tight end, and Donovan Jackson at guard. And Missouri has great players. I mean, look, Luther Burden, Cody Schrader. They have some nice defensive players whose names are escaping my mind. But Missouri's had some outgoing transfers. They have some injuries in the same way that, from what I hear, Marvin Harrison Jr. will likely be opting out. And Kyle McCord, Ohio State's starting quarterback in 13 games under the transfer portal. Both teams are facing some adversity of their own. But Ohio State, for the most part, is going to have their roster together. They'll be missing some key players, but everyone except for Marvin Harrison Jr. that is draft eligible and has a high draft stock was participating in Cotton Bowl practices. So, in my opinion, Ohio State should win this matchup because they have the superior talent. I think that Ryan Day has one of the best staffs in the country, and I do think he is a better coach than Eli Drinkwitz. So, superior roster that has superior depth, that has inherently higher talent from high school recruiting rankings, all of that combined, I think, should lead to an Ohio State victory. I mean, if we just took away the logos and put Team A against Team B, and Team A had the better coach, the better roster, the better depth, so on and so forth, we would likely pick Team A 
to win. And the expectation should be that Ohio State is going to win, and not just win in a close game, but I think win in a way where they at least control the game and perhaps dominate the matchup. I'm picking Ohio State to win this game 31-17. That was my official prediction. That was before I suspected that Marvin Harrison Jr. was going to opt out. But I still think that Ohio State can and likely will win by double digits and control this matchup. They have the better defense. I think they have the better offense, though there's a chance Missouri is better on the offensive front. But the Buckeyes have such a superior defense, and with the lack of opt-outs, you're going to be getting Ohio State starters against Missouri starters. And Missouri will be missing a few defenders due to injury in the same way that Ohio State's offense will be missing a few starters due to likely an opt-out for Marvin Harrison Jr., not confirmed, but suspected, and Kyle McCord transferring out. But in expecting an Ohio State win, that doesn't mean it's guaranteed. Just because Ohio State, according to FPI, should win by 11, 12, 13, 14 points, or that I think Ohio State's going to win by 10 or more points, doesn't mean that they will. Nothing's guaranteed. It's like what Josh Pate says on Late Kick. Every given Saturday. And what that basically means is on every given Saturday, chaos can erupt and the bus can come out of nowhere and your program is the deer that is leaping in the highway in front of the bus and your guts get splattered everywhere. It happens. It happens even to the best of programs. What do you think Texas against Alabama in Week 2 was? Alabama, statistically entering that game analytically, there wasn't the same sample size, but the principle is similar. Computer models and well-respected analysts thought that Alabama was going to win and perhaps dominate, including myself, and instead it was the opposite. And now looking back on that game, many would pick Alabama for the same reasons today to beat Texas, even though Texas came into Tuscaloosa and whooped that team in Week 2, controlling and dominating the fourth quarter. There's a chance that Missouri wins, and I'll tell you why they could win. Missouri's defense is able to get pressure on a young and inexperienced Devin Brown. He makes a few mistakes. He's more risky than Kyle McCord was, and there's upside there, but there could also be downside. And let's say that Missouri's defense is able to exploit that downside force a few turnovers. Ohio State's defense is overly conservative at times, and that could open up the ground game with Brady Cook and Cody Schrader and create potential one-on-one opportunities for Luther Burden. And while Ohio State's secondary is elite, and I think it's the best in the country, if they're having to change their scheme to stop the run game, that could still open up passing opportunities. And all of those things coming together, that would likely result in a Missouri win if they are making Ohio State uncomfortable the line of scrimmage and stymieing their quarterback play that would suck and that would slowly suck the life I think out of Ohio State football Missouri can find ways to win there are reasons that they can win so what I want to do first and foremost is really to dive in and talk about the impact on Ryan Day And then we'll get to more so the impact on the whole team and the program. Day was in a similar situation two years ago in 2021 when the Buckeyes were playing Utah 
in the Rose Bowl, where Ohio State was 10-2 and in top 10 entering that game, and they were playing a 10-3 and Utah team who won the Pac-12. And the conversation was, you lost two games, you were the first Ohio State coach to lose to Michigan since Luke Fickle, because Urban Meyer will forever be undefeated against Michigan. While at Ohio State, he did lose to Michigan in 2007 at Florida, but I digress. And there was just a lot of questions about Ohio State defensively, on the offensive line. How did C.J. Stroud and Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson and Jackson Smith and Jigba and Henderson and Ruckert, how in the heck did they lose to Michigan, who we, from the Ohio State fan perspective, haven't lost to since 2011? There were a lot of questions, and losing to Utah would have only made things worse. But Ryan Day beat Utah. And there was a moment where it looked like Utah was just going to come out and they were going to bully Ohio State. And they were able to respond. And that gave Ohio State momentum. It gave the fan base hope. It gave Ohio State football confidence. And in 2022, they were an even better team than when they were in 2021. And just like in 2021, Ryan Day's reputation and also the impact on the team as well All these things will be affected by this game. A win here will bring momentum to Ohio State. And it will help alleviate not a lot of pressure off of Ryan Day like the 2021 Rose Bowl win did because he's lost to Michigan now three times in comparison to one when comparing these two bowl games. And now for Ryan Day, it's really beat Michigan and win the Big Ten Uh, The only thing that could alleviate Ryan Day losing to Michigan again is for them to lose to Michigan next season, but then win the national championship in response, which given how the 12-team playoff is going to work and how the best teams in the Big Ten will always match up in terms of record because of the round-robin schedule in Indianapolis, that would likely involve having to beat Michigan to win the national championship or win the Big Ten if Ohio State is able to play Michigan in back-to-back weeks. So his reputation could rest on this game. A win here could bring momentum to Ohio State, help them keep some critical players, and that jump starts an amazing 2024 season. But we'll get to that in a few seconds. Really, for Ryan Day, the reason why his reputation partially rests on this game is a win here doesn't alleviate a ton of pressure, but it alleviates some, and I think that it will help the locker room. I think it will give the players some morale, and it will give them an incentive to come back. A loss, though, can you imagine what Ohio State fans will be thinking about Ryan Day? A loss to Michigan and then a loss to Missouri as the cherry on top. That would stink. Ryan Day, the reason why I keep on saying his reputation somewhat rests on this game, is he has he doesn't have a lot to gain, but he has a whole lot to lose in this game. He does. And while bowl games don't, quote, matter in the eyes of many analysts, which I think the ones who believe these bowl games don't matter are full of lunacy, they are important. They are critical 
for coaches and players. You get the extra practices. For a lot of programs, these New Year's Six Bowl games, even with the four-team playoff, are their Super Bowl. Think about Missouri. They have not been in this situation in at least a decade when they went to the SEC championship game under Gary Pinkle and went to some nice bowl games, some, I think, close to New Year's Six Bowl caliber bowl games in the BCS system. And I think they, yeah, they won the SEC East in 2014. And I think they went to a high-tier non-New Year's Six Bowl game. So for all programs... These bowls matter, and at different levels, sure, Ohio State would much rather be in the college football playoff. Anyone would much rather be in the college football playoff, but it's the expectation for Ohio State to be in the playoff and competing for a national title, not necessarily the same for Missouri. But regardless, gaining momentum and adding another win onto your resume, a top 10 win nonetheless, Missouri is rated as a top 10 team. Do I think that in terms of power ratings, they're a top 10 team, or from my own eye test, no, and FPI and efficiency and other metrics would confirm that, but they're still a good team. I think they're a top 15 team myself, which is pretty darn good, and Ohio State will face a good offense. They'll face a good defense. They'll face a special teams unit that's better than their own, which isn't much to ask for. Ohio State, once again, has had a horrifically inefficient special teams unit outside of their kicking game, which hasn't been elite, but it was pretty good in my estimation. But regardless, it's another opportunity for a win. And look, a win incentivizes as many players as possible to return. You want GT Tuimolau back. You want Jack Sawyer back. You want Emeka Ikbuka back. Maybe want to make Marvin Harrison Jr. reconsider returning to Ohio State, although I think once you declare for the draft, in football at least, you're essentially gone because of the whole, you know, involvement with agents, so on and so forth. I don't think it's the same as the NBA or as easy as the NBA to say, whoop, never mind, I actually want to return to my school. But I don't know that for sure. If you know more about that than I do, please comment down below. Every player except for Marvin Harrison Jr. was involved during Cotton Bowl practices. That likely means they're going to play. They want to either boost their stock or they want to play with their teammates one last time. Sawyer said himself that he is likely coming back. And with Tui Moolau and Burke practicing in, in Cotton Bowl warm-ups and practices, I imagine they could return as well. And that would be huge. It'd be huge for Jim Knowles, it'd be huge for the Ohio State defense, and it would be huge for the team and the program as well, because Ohio State has suffered from the past two seasons, really, of players just leaving, almost seemingly the second that they get eligibility for the NFL. Well, I'm gone. Like, See ya if you want to come to my pro games or to the players' see you when you get into the pros. And that mentality, especially pre-NIL, was understandable because you, you want to get paid. But with NIL, it's different. And also with a coach like Ryan Day, who I think commands the respect of his players, and a team that wants another shot at Michigan and another shot at a national title, which they haven't achieved 
a chance at winning a national championship or at beating Michigan since 2020 and 2019, respectively. There's incentives. There's plenty of incentives to return. And I also expect Travian Henderson on offense to return. And we will see if Emeka Igbuka returns as well, or if he declares. Emeka Igbuka, I think, could benefit from a 1,000-yard season as a receiver and solidify him going in the top half of the first round of the 2025 NFL Draft. Same with Travion Henderson, except for having a 1,000-yard season as a runner and being fully healthy. He got banged up in 2022 and also banged up at times this season. Him having a replica of his 2021 performance would be huge. And then on the offensive line, Donovan Jackson, he didn't have a phenomenal year this season. He could receive a boost in his draft stock and also a chance, like all of these players, to beat Michigan and to win the Big Ten, and to compete for a national title, and maybe at the bare minimum win a playoff game, or win a national title. All these players that I'm talking about have never beaten Michigan, and they have never won a national title. That is insane. If you told me that I would be talking about Ohio State's most talented recruiting class, potentially in the entire history of the 24-7 sports recruiting era, that three years in, that class would have never beaten Michigan, never won the Big Ten, and never won a national title, at least for the first two statements, I would have thought you're insane. But here we are. Right now, where we are is Ohio State yet again, trying to wonder what went wrong against Michigan and what went wrong, really, overall, on an offense that returns so many key players. But lo and behold... Two missing tackles, a missing center, and a missing quarterback. That's a big deal. But we thought those things could be somewhat replaced. And really, that never happened. The offense never clicked. So there are questions in Ohio State's going back to the drawing board here. And what helps when you're trying to draw up a new plan, when you're trying to do something different? Momentum helps. It's critical that Ohio State wins this game. A win will also give confidence to an Ohio State quarterback room that has faced struggles. Not just Devin Brown, who will be starting in this game, and most importantly, a win here gives him momentum, but Lincoln Kineholz, an incoming incoming freshman, um, Aaron Noland. I almost said Walter Nolan there. It's pretty funny. But that's, I, I think that's the truth. I think my opinion here is really the correct opinion. There will be people who say, oh, win or lose, it doesn't matter for Ohio State because their season was already a failure. And the latter point is mostly correct, but I disagree with the first point. I don't think you can put those two things together. Just because I get an F on one of my tests doesn't mean I can continue to get Fs on smaller assignments because I'm that demoralized. I still have to finish out my semester as a college student strong, even if it means I don't get the A+. I have that responsibility. Same thing goes for these college players, for these student athletes who do things that I could never and will never do with how athletic they are and balancing that with 
college and so on and so forth. It's incredible. I have a lot of respect for these players. Ohio State needs this win here. A loss is like forcing the Ohio State program, fan base, coaches, and players to swallow another bitter pill in a season where Ohio State at times looked like one of the best teams in the country, even with their inconsistencies. So that's my opinion. You can like it. You can disagree with it. Let me know what you think about my opinion and about this video in the comment section below. Lastly, I want to give a shout out to my Patreon members. You can check out my Patreon page via the link in the description and in the pinned comment if you want to support the channel. Thanks to Crash2488 for being my Heisman patron of the month of December. Thanks to Spencer Bringhurst for being my All-American patron of the month of December. And thanks to Will Loftus, Gabriel Callender, Roaming Gnome, Matthew Sale, Chris Lane, Austin Christmas, and Zubin Zah for being my all-conference patron members of the month of December. Have a great day, guys. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Bye-bye.